the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Elijah Wilson with Newsweek. How are you, Elijah? I'm doing well, thanks. You've done the cover, which, again, for some reason that freaks me out, and I'm incredibly thrilled for you because that must make you wildly proud that you've probably done many covers for Newsweek. Um, So congratulations on getting the cover. Yeah, thanks. So... With that said, you did a story on California's drought. I'm doing the show right now in San Francisco, uh, Bay Area. California drought is a big story here. Where are you based out of? I'm based out of New York, but I've actually spent a significant time in the in the Bay. I went to uh, school over at Berkeley and then have lived in Oakland for uh, a good chunk of time. So I'm pretty familiar with the area. Yeah, I'm just curious because um, what's the New York opinion of California and the drought because we live here and we kind of see the story but you have a wintry weather and you've got snow and rain and uh, does the common person think of the California situation as perilous or just a a headline that is passing Um, I think it is becoming more and more of a concern you know I mean I'm sure you're well, well aware because it's been so much in the news recently California provides the whole country with, you know, most of the food we eat. So, you know, I think people on the East Coast are are pretty aware of that and are pretty, um, you know, sort of attuned to what impact the drought might have on that, the, the, you know, the agricultural system of our country. Um, I I do think that there's a sort of, having been on both sides of the country, I think that there is a sort of history of disaster rhetoric around California, particularly in the East Coast media, you know, all the earthquakes, the fires in the South, um, now the drought. So I do think that there is some of that that makes it feel like, oh, this is just another one of these kind of California disaster stories. But at the same time, I think people are are starting to take it seriously. I mean, we're feeling different types of uh, impacts of climate change. And I I think it's, it's become one of the sort of keystones of the bigger climate change narrative. So let's talk about your cover, per se, your cover story. Um, I read it yesterday, and uh, I'm almost saying that I got goosebumps because it's, it's the in-depth of your, of your article. It, 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 I think it encapsulates really well what's going on here. 
and put some perspective on it. Thank you. What is your takeaway, would you say, or what, what was your approach to the story first? And I guess we'll get to your takeaway later. Um, well, I think they're kind of part and parcel. Um, I was really interested in looking at the silver lining, I guess. Um, I wanted to see what we could do in the future. So sort of like ideally if we were to plan appropriately and invest in the right ways, what California of the future might look like. And that kind of led me down this path of looking at um, sort of what's happened in, in water innovation and technology over the course of California's history. And I think if you go back to the you know early half of the 20th century, the early years there, there was sort of this um, massive investment into water infrastructure development, innovation, these massive you know world-changing projects to move water across the state, and it really created California as, as we know it today. Um, but all of that innovation stagnated in, uh, in the last, you know, 40 years or so. There hasn't been much of anything done. You know, the last big projects were back in the 70s. Um, and, and what happened is that all of those, all that innovation and geoengineering was great and, and did, you know, was, was really tremendous work, but it, it didn't anticipate climate change. And, and now we're working in a whole new uh, environment and, and the old technologies that we use don't work anymore. And that's sort of what I think has put California in the situation it's in right now. Um, so, so that's sort of the background. And then the takeaway, I guess, is that um, what I'm seeing now or what I saw in the research and with all the people I've talked to is that the investment into water, water innovation and, and uh, research is, is starting, it's sort of getting a kickstart right now. It, it's being the drought kind of pushed people over the edge and is, is forcing everyone's hand into investing in water technology that we haven't really seen or um, built up in, in recent years. So I think what you're going to see in the next couple of decades is, is really an explosion in that field. So I think your article is kind of hopeful because it talked about desalination and it talked about, like you said, solutions that are coming down the road. And for better or for worse, we're going to get through this and it could be for better it could be for worse and um i I, talk a little about desalination and some of the technologies that you're seeing out there because from portable showers to i have a neighbor who he now showers he turns on the water gets wet lathers up turns off the water or he turns on the water gets wet turns it off lathers up soaps everything up turns on the water rinses and it's all he uses less than a minute of water for a shower yeah, I mean, people have been doing that for years in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world. Right. I mean, like the thing about it is efficiency is really the name of the game. Water efficiency is the name of the game everywhere. It's kind of striking, you know. The average Californian uses 181 gallons of water every day, and if you compare that to other places with similar climates, um, the average Israeli uses 70 gallons a day. In Spain, they use just 36 gallons per person per day. So, I mean, there's some basic small things that each individual can do that, that can definitely add up. Um, I mean, that gets into sort of the economics of it. I think the, these other places tend to price water out a little more um, accurately, I would say. I, you know, I'm not really an economist. I don't know a ton about it, but I do know from having spoken with people that there's a lot of 
people who think that water is too cheap and, and that, you know, that, that makes it, that keeps the, you know, it, it's sort of a false market. Um, so, but I, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that there's a lot of ways we could decrease demand, um, but there's two sides of it. So you want to, there's technologies to decrease demand. So very simple things like, you know, water shower heads, those sort of like handheld shower heads you see, low flow toilets, all that sort of basic stuff. Um, I think we could across the board improve the efficiency of farming. Um, the Pacific Institute estimated that we lose almost, you know, somewhere around 6 million acre feet of water, which is a tremendous amount of water every year because of inefficient farming. And if we, sort of improved the efficiency of, of our irrigation system statewide and made it a mandate that it comes top down, that would improve, um, you know, it, it would decrease demand for water uh, significantly. Um, and then there's the, the, the supply side, so the desalination and, and wastewater recycling plants, these uh, technological solutions that can turn water that would otherwise be unusable into potable water or water that can be used to irrigate crops. Do you think Jerry Brown's doing appropriate measures, or are we a little behind the curve here? Uh, I think we're behind the curve, but I think it's moving in the right direction. I, you know, like I said, other places that are uh, arid have a much different cultural relationship with water than California does. For years, it, it was California's been, and you know, I include myself. I lived there. I we acted like there was unlimited water when really there wasn't. Um, and so now we're starting to, this is forcing us to act a little differently. And, and you know, shifts in, in culture can occur. You look at things like seatbelts or smoking cigarettes. Um, it's definitely possible to change the way we relate to water and the way we talk about water use. Um, and, I, you know, it, it, the top-down measures are definitely going to help that. I think um, you'll see... There's a lot of thing, good things that have been done that are, are coming down the pike. Um, the, the rules governing uh, groundwater withdrawal that were passed last year are going to come into play in the next few years, and, and that'll be pretty significant. There's better uh, reporting requirements now around water use, so Sacramento can finally understand what is actually happening with the water for years, I think, nobody really knew exactly how much water was being used. I mean, I wrote about this in my article a little. It's sort of like Sacramento was acting blind and making their decisions, which is a horrible, you know, that's, that's not the way you want your government to be deciding the future of your state. Um, so I think the laws that are going to force better reporting and, and force better water measurement are going to have a huge impact. And those are some of the things that I think Sacramento is doing really well right now or is moving towards doing better. We've got about 30 seconds. Any final thoughts from you? Elijah Wolfson, cover of Newsweek this week, California's Future, Just Add Water. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, except that I do think that there's a lot of potential here. Um, from 2000 to 2013, $69 billion was invested in clean energy and just $1.5 billion was invested in water. So, I mean, you can imagine what how our water might look if we invested in it the way we invest in solar, for example. Thanks so much, Elijah Wolfson. I hope to talk to you soon. I hear you're pretty well connected with California. From your publicist drying up the race to save California from drought, cover of Newsweek. You really want to get a good handle on this so you can talk to your neighbors and look at them a little wonky when they're watering their yards? 
uh, pick up the newest issue of Newsweek. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. That was Elijah Wolfson. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Let it Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.